Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, an international menopause expert, author, and speaker. I help women go from feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, and struggling to experiencing a new sense of confidence, freedom, and vitality. My own story mirrors that of thousands of women that I have connected with through writing my book, speaking engagements, and coaching. Like you, I felt unprepared, unsupported, and at times dismissed by family, employers, and even doctors. That's why I created this podcast as a place of advocacy, offering facts, resources, and a community where you can become more empowered to take control of your menopause journey. Join us each week as we dive into honest, open, raw conversations on the topics that matter deeply to menopausal midlife women. From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and aging at work and in society. My mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, and today... We're talking menopause, COVID, working from home. Working from home. How many times haven't I been asked that question when I was working as a senior business leader? Can I please work from home on Wednesday? Or I need to work home because of whatever, whatever. There were never any really clear policies HR was sort of sit on the fence and go, oh, no, I don't think I want to tell you what to do here. You decide. It's at your discretion. Sometimes someone like my senior manager would say things to me like, well, you can't let that one work from home because they're not trustworthy. It's not very helpful, but it actually was our pre-COVID reality. And I've certainly worked from home myself during periods of my career. And I loved it, right? I loved the freedom and also the lack of having to get into my car or get onto public transport and travel in the traffic. Managing my day the way I wanted to. Finding things to do that I liked to do that were good for my well-being. And the last time I worked at home like that during my corporate career was at the height of my menopause when my weight was really bad. So I actually find that was a blessing, to be honest. I was able to exercise more, manage what I ate. And I went from weighing 70 kilos. Sorry, American friends, I don't know what that is in pounds. But I went back down to about 62, 63. Being able to get down to that Ashtanga yoga studio, roll up my mat and work Mysore style. If you don't know what that is, that's when you learn a series of routines and you keep adding them and doing them more in more and more complex ways until you can do this really complicated yoga routine that goes for about an hour. But I committed to that. And part of the thing that facilitated that for me was working from home. Fast forward 10 years and we're in a very different situation. Working from home isn't an option, it's being enforced upon us. And many of us aren't prepared, many of us aren't really set up to work from home. 
We're going to be sitting at dining tables or in little corners or on our beds, trying to make it work. You know, even when I moved from corporate to running my business, I had to actually eventually set up an office that was better than my dining table on the insistence of my wonderful husband, who said, you know, you need to get a proper desk that goes up and down and a chair and all the rest because this is now your place of work permanently. But most of us aren't in that space. Most of us also aren't prepared for lockdowns. We don't know how long they're going to last. We don't know if the kids are going to be home or not. We don't know if they're going to go back to school, when they're going to go back to school, how much homework they're going to have, how much homeschooling we're going to do if we have children, or if we're all going to be home together like we were in the first lockdown. And it's beginning to really impact our mental well-being. And women are bearing the brunt of this. The recent Women in the Workforce report from McKinsey and the Lean In organisation came out a couple of weeks ago. And it's a pretty bleak picture on how this pandemic is affecting women's well-being. Women were reporting increased levels of anxiety, feeling like they're struggling, underperforming at work, feeling like they're carrying a huge burden, feeling like they're doing all of the added responsibilities of housekeeping and homeschooling duties. Some women were reporting adding an extra three hours a day to their home duties every day. And that's happening all around the world. I was discussing this also with my friend Rajita in India. And she said, women aren't making meals at home, they're running restaurants. And I think we can laugh about that, but it's actually true. And this is leading to women feeling that they may have to downsize their careers. They just cannot keep going and being on the edge of burnout losing confidence in their own ability, in their performance. It would be a great loss if women were to leave because they can't cope. It would be a great loss to business, to women's place in the world, if that became a reality. But what about if we layer menopause on top of this? A recent study in the UK came back with some pretty damning evidence that kind of backs up what McKinsey saw. 30% of women were saying, my symptoms feel worse. Whether that's true in reality, if we were to measure it, we don't know. But perception is reality. And it mirrored very much what women in general are saying. I feel more anxious. I feel fatigued. I feel tired. I can't sleep. And my relationships are being impacted. They're very classic symptoms of being overburdened, of being stressed to the point of breaking. And it's really important that we take these feelings and these changed situations and dialed up symptoms very seriously, both ourselves and our physicians. And I think my most concerning thing that I heard just the other week when I was working with a big group of women across the UK government, was that there are women there saying, I'm not going to my doctor anymore because maybe I'm scared to go to the clinic. I don't want to catch COVID. Or we get into our heads that, you know, doctors are really busy, don't have time for me, that dialing ourselves down. And we're left struggling, not turning to anyone. Sometimes 
we're also doing that because we get dismissed. Dismissive diagnosis is the whole symptom, I think, of our health system and women. And for me, that really got me thinking, what are some of the key things that women could actually do to change that situation? Because we want to put ourselves back into feeling better, mentally and particularly, but also physically, and feeling like we have some control back in our lives. I've always believed very firmly that we start with our own awareness of really beginning to bring awareness to our symptoms and how we can manage them better. How often do you track your menopause symptoms? Do you track when they occur, how they occur, what's going on, what you're feeling, how you're reacting? There's quite a few trackers out there that I think are useful in tracking the what, but the why and the deeper meaning behind them often doesn't happen and the surrounding context doesn't happen. If we only write down, I have this symptom, it's that intense, that's good, it's a start point. But let's ask ourselves, what else was happening? What did I eat? What did I drink? What did I feel? What situation was I in? What other people are around me? When we can track symptoms like that, in that detail, we can start to look at them. It might sound tedious, but we can do it through apps. There are great apps that help us to do that. And we're building up a picture, putting ourselves back in the driving seat rather than being a victim of our symptoms. We become a bit more able to control. One of my great teachers, Michelle Lyons, says, control the controllables. I like that sort of sense of thinking like that. I'd like you to think about that. If it is a particular scenario that makes you feel a particular way, what could you do to minimize it? Put yourself back in the driving seat. What about if you could track your symptoms and have a different conversation with your physician? And that's probably even more important now because we may find that, yes, we don't go to the clinic or as actually happened to a friend of mine when she rang the the doctors they said oh no you can't come in you're not an urgent case but we're going to give you a number for telehealth well if you've never done telehealth let me tell you it's a bit of an experience i live here in sweden as some of you know and sweden's big on telehealth i mean i've even had the dog go to the vets on telehealth you can even go to the dentist and certainly the doctor and the psychologist it's quite a different experience to you know take your phone, dial in. Maybe it's a bit like a mini Zoom call, but to talk about your health that way. And to talk about things in our menopause that sometimes are quite intimate or quite difficult. But if we've tracked our symptoms, if we've got a bit of an idea how we feel, we might be able to have a very effective conversation. I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, getting clear. And we might be able to get more support and not feel so lost, bring more awareness and then make that something that we do going forward, even when eventually this pandemic does break and we're out of these on and off lockdowns and heaven only knows what else. A second question to you is, do you have a to-do list? Most of you are probably nodding and going, yeah, of course I've got a to-do list. How do you think I manage? How far down that list do we have to look till we find the word me? Or is me even on there? I think we're really good at doing everything for everybody else. I know that I have been, and I haven't put myself often on that list. And when I haven't, then I run round and then there's no more time. That used to be the time of day when I then sank into a chair, 
down to two large glasses of wine and that was kind of me time. Well, it didn't help my menopause symptoms and it didn't help my mental health. Putting me on my list means that I make time, mind, body and soul to nurture myself. There's indulgent self-care too, and we love that. Maybe one day we'll get back to going nice places and having nice massages if we haven't been able to already. But I think that's harder for many of us right now. Even if that's a reality that you can, we may not feel it's the right thing to do. But moving ourselves through this situation, we have to think about every day I've done something for me, mind, body and soul. And it's for us to work out what works for us, but put yourself on your to-do list. It's never been more important than now. Bring fence that time. And if you live with other people, then you say to him, I'm having my time now. You have to be quiet and you have to leave me. And that kind of leads me to my third thought around boundaries. I've worked with thousands of women around the world. And I know that we're often have very poor boundaries. We're bad at saying no. We're bad at letting go. We want to please. It's in our very nature. It's how we've been brought up. So many are brought up to be people pleasers, to be nice to other people, to be helpful, not to be difficult. You know, we know what we're like if we are the woman that always says no. Oh, you know, she's that. Well, B word or whatever else comes out of people's mouths. But having strong boundaries is a huge way for us to care for ourselves. And particularly at this time when there's so much being loaded onto us, both from our families and their needs, but it's also being loaded on us from work. We can find that we're working from home and our working hours are extending. You know, these Zoom calls go on forever. We have to put boundaries around this. And yes, that does mean saying no. And it's not a very big word, but it can be a very hard word, right? No, I have to say, no, I can't do that. We might qualify that with saying, no, I can't do that right now. Or no, I'd like to, but I'm too busy, but I could help you next week. When we do that, we're honouring ourselves. And we're creating space so that we don't feel that we're strung out. Boundaries are also about saying, I'm not doing so okay right now. I need your support. It's honouring ourselves. It's honouring that, you know, we don't have infinite resources. Most of all, as we get a bit older and we're in menopause. We can't keep writing checks that our body can't bank, quite frankly. We have to start to change. We have to start to set up clear boundaries, clear expectations from other people in our lives and asking them to step up rather than getting to the point where we feel we're going to break, where we feel that the choices are like carry on to like collapse, scream at someone else. And we do that. Our moods are pretty up and down at the best of times and COVID isn't supporting that. Or being able to say those words, I need your support. Even if we think that other people are unhelpful, even our children understand those things. I need your support are small set of words 
that everybody understands. And most of the time, people will step up and help us in some way. It may be that we have to delegate more and delegate properly. I know I work with senior women who have help around the house, but I bet you if I ask them, how much milk do you have in your fridge, they can answer me. So when we delegate, we really delegate and let go. We don't micromanage. Setting up those boundaries, being clear on what we can and can't take on is going to make a huge difference to our sense of well-being and particularly to the aspects of fatigue and burnout. Being honest with ourselves, if it is too much, what do I need to do? If my boundaries aren't working, what do I need to do? COVID is going to throw up some really difficult questions for many of us, but it might also be an opportunity to reflect on am I aligned with my values? Am I living according to my ikai, that Japanese sense of purpose and soul? So yes, COVID is creating, I think, particular issues for women and the lockdown and everything that sits around this pandemic. And it's dialed up when we're in menopause, when many of our mental health issues can feel rocky because of changes in our hormonal balance and total hormonal amounts. But the more aware we are, the greater our boundaries are, and the more we can put me on the top of our list, the better we're going to actually be able to go through this transition. Transitions are like living in no man's land and they're hard, but they're also opportunities for us to pause, reflect and change. I hope I've given you some food for thought during this time. And if you're actually struggling with your menopause and you feel that all of this current sense of where the world is at is making you feel more anxious, then reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk together because it's going to make a difference to the way you feel. Until next time, go well. Thank you for listening. If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone and asking questions, why do I feel this way? Thriving Through Menopause is all about a community and our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions and stories matter to me. And I would love to hear from you. So drop me an email, clarissa at clarissachristiansen.com. I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast. And if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support, pop over to my website, clarissachristiansen.com. You can find free resources, And you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.